The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Thanks for tuning in today and joining me for the conversation. I'm trying to continue these conversations and talks that I've been having on Unity Online Radio and even before that on Hay House Radio. And I'm broadening the the scope a little bit and sharing some different voices with you. So I hope that you you guys enjoy it and like and share, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And I'll continue to keep having some great conversations here. So since June is Pride Month, I wanted to do something a little bit special. And I wanted to have a conversation that focused on the LGBTQ community. So I've, I've always had gay friends and growing up in South Florida as a teenager and young adult, being gay wasn't really a big deal or an issue in Fort Lauderdale. I knew a lot of people that were. I worked in a lot of restaurants, knew a lot of gay people, was never never really a big deal. So over the years, though, I have met some people who are transgendered, and I've always been interested in what that journey is like for people and how difficult it must be to really feel like you were born in the wrong body and what you can do about it. And one of my good friends from Florida at that time, we actually worked at the same restaurant and she had a son that I remember babysitting when he was a baby in the late nineties. And she told me in the early two thousands that Sebastian was beginning to transition and now identified as Serena. And this was around 2006 or seven. And she hadn't really told a lot of people about it. And she kind of needed some help. And I recommended a couple of people that she could talk to and everything's worked out great since then. Sebastian was in high school at that time. Now, um, Serena, living as Serena, she's in college in Vancouver doing really well. And, you know, I kind of watched her navigate that path. So I moved to San Diego for a radio job in 2003, and I started to make friends in the radio biz. And I came in contact with Joe Eager, who I met through a mutual friend. And Joe was a traffic reporter here in town and a radio talent in San Diego for many years. And Joe also shared with me that she had a child who was transgendered. And she wrote an amazing essay about it for a collection of Chicken Soup for the Soul books that was published in 2009. And it really gave a glimpse into what she was experiencing. And I always wanted to find out more about that journey and what's happened to Joe and, and her son you know, since then. So this was back in 2009. So I want to welcome Joe as my guest today to get her perspective as a parent and what her experience has been like 
on this journey. So Joe, welcome to the show and thanks for sharing your story today. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> and sitting through my long drawn out intro. <laughs> Maybe I'll edit this. I don't know. But I'm glad that we could talk about this. And I think it's an, an important thing to address. And yeah. especially in light of recent things that have uh, been in the news lately. And we can talk about that as well, you know, going forward. So in your essay, and I reread read this again, before we were going to talk today, what I gained when I lost my daughter. And you tell the story of your daughter, daughter, Rachel, and her transition to her life now is Caleb. And this was written a few years ago, um, published in 2009. A lot has changed since then. So you're going to bring us up to date on how Caleb's doing and what's going on. But just to get started, just take us back a little bit to the beginning. Because at the time that Caleb transitioned, you were kind of a loner at that time, or, or maybe felt that you were, it wasn't so openly talked about. So yeah, that's I'm right. Curious. So back in 2003 was when uh, Caleb emailed me before that he had changed his name. And, um, and I love the name Rachel, I, I was responsible for naming my child. And then uh, he said he was changing it to his actual first name is Keeneland Caleb. And he goes by Caleb. And I was, I'd never heard of the name Keeneland. And I go, well, is that male or female? And um, even though my name is Joe, I asked that, but he said it was unisex. And I really didn't think that much of it. But then in 2003, I got an email about it being more than just being a tomboy. And he had to do what he had to do to be himself, which takes a lot of courage. And like you said, back then, there wasn't a whole lot going on. I mean, now we have, you know, we've seen talk shows like Oprah talking about things like this or Caitlyn Jenner and this and that. And I think a lot of people don't understand it. But like you said, being born into the wrong body, the way I will describe it to people who um, seem to not uh, understand is that the brain and the genitals don't match. One's male, one's female. And so um, so he did what he had to do. And I mean, it, it takes a lot of courage, but it is a lot big deal. But also, you don't know who's going to still be standing with you. He lost his dad, basically. His dad, he's been estranged from his dad ever since then. And, um, but although I would like to say there was a lot of positivity from the family, other you know, than his dad, but like my, my siblings and my mom and even um, my younger son's grandma. So even that generation was very open to it. So my younger son's grandma, when he had first um, seen gr grandma uh, as a guy, she said to me afterwards, it's like, he's who he's supposed to be now. And, um, and I thought, yeah, that's true. She's right. He, he is who he's supposed to be. And so he did it and he's, he's happy. He's happy with who he is. And he used to sign off his emails to thine own self be true. And I mean, it's true. You know, he's lost his dad in the process, but whose life do we want to be living? And I think that's not just for the transgender, but for the whole, the entire community. For some people, it's not a big deal to come out, but for others it is. And um, speaking of coming out, you know, that's a family thing. I, um, you know, I pick and choose who I'm going to tell my story to. I mean, sometimes it's like now it's been going on 20 years. It's, yeah, you know, whatever, take it or leave it. This is, <laughs> this is the case. I have a, I have a son who used to be my, or I thought for 20 years was my daughter or whatever, but, um, but yeah, you just kind of, and at first too, it was a little bit different because I had people, you know, in my circle who thought, I had a daughter and, and it was kind of like, okay, do they think I have a son or do they have a daughter? And um, 
the the boys, my two kids are 12 years apart in age. So uh, the younger Kaipo was uh, five when Caleb moved out. He was playing Little League. And so going to Little League, I was like, do these people even know I had a daughter? And one lady came up to me one time and just said, oh, yeah, how's your daughter? And so, you know, I, I when I had some time alone with her, I explained what happened. And it was it's kind of funny where a lot of people don't think it's a big deal. I mean, of course, for me, it was, you know, a heartbreaker at first. I mean, I'm like losing my daughter. And um, and then I just, you know, did the thing I do. I started researching. And um, then one of the things I think I mentioned in my story, too, is that there's a good fairly um, you know, large population that commits suicide. And so, you know, because they, they perhaps just don't feel like they can be true to themselves for whatever reason, and rather than live unhappily. So that's the other thing that I think we, you know, people need to understand is let people be happy. That's what it's all about to be who, who we are, you know, as long as it's not harming somebody else. Right. It was, it's just interesting what you're sharing because you said that his grandmother was that your mother or your ex-husband's mother? No, um, my mom was very open to it. when I was talking about grandma. Though that's actually my young, young, my younger son's grandma, and we call her grandma as well. And Caleb did too, but it was kind of like you'd say step grandma or whatever. Right, but but she was fine with it, and that and oh, yeah. that was surprising to you though. Well, I mean, you think if anybody's going to be a little closed-minded about stuff, it would be that generation, you know, not <clears throat> Caleb's dad. Um, oh yeah I I guess that's what I'm thinking you think as people are you know more and more accepting when they're younger which isn't necessarily the case at all Uh, probably a lot of it has to do with upbringing and things like that and um which you know a lot a lot of um I remember going to I was in a church with Caleb one time and um my my younger son was going to the preschool there and they they started in on something with gays and I just looked I go do you want to leave you know, I mean, I want to support my kid and we're all, you know, if, if whatever you believe in, but if it's a belief, let's say in God, we were all created and um, who's to say that, you know, there's anything other than different. We don't all want to be the same. It would be a pretty boring world. Right. Yeah. But some people are very steadfast in their, their belief and their opposition. Um, and right. you're, you're hearing a lot about it over the past couple of years, a, a lot of things in the news, you know, most recently. Right. And I wanted to ask you about what you thought about this, uh, kind of the attack on transgender families and kids in a lot of states that are banning the gender affirming care, like puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones for kids under 18, like Arkansas did it uh, back in early April, April, West yeah. Virginia, um, Texas, I think in mid-May, just from some stats that I was looking at before our conversation today. And so at the time of, of Caleb transitioning and you went for care, right? Medical care was, were those drugs and things available to you, you know, at that time, or what did you do then? Okay. Well, I wasn't even involved in it because Caleb was an adult, but, um, I, I don't know, you can't even get it. I mean, unless things have changed, I thought you had to be 18 just to get a tattoo, let alone gender change is a big deal. Right. People think it's trendy. Um, I don't know. Maybe it is with some people. I know with my kid, it was not, it was, that's who he is. But, um, so I had a couple of thoughts there, but I think that, um, you know, it, you do kind of want to make sure that everything is in order, but they say that, you know, kids do know 
at a young age. But see, for Caleb, it was a it was a process. My younger son once said, "When I okay, well, that's getting ahead of the game there." But he's been through every letter of LGBT. Right, right. I want to that to come. Yeah, and I want to get to that. And that's, that's what Typo said, too. and I just started laughing. I told Caleb that one time. It's it's funny, but but anyway, um, so it's it, when when you're in question, there's no information out there. And the internet even wasn't that big. This was 2003. I guess we did have the internet. But, you know, if there's not a lot of information, you're just like, I, I can't even imagine what Caleb was going through. And I was clueless in high school when he was in high school. So, um, so of course, with a lot of, I think it's especially back then, maybe not so much now that they have information, but it was kind of a process of, oh, okay, I guess I'm a lesbian. So, um, you know, he was back then a she and dated women and then um, and even started at the high school here, this gay straight alliance, which is going strong. I, I've seen the yearbooks recently and they've got a pretty big group, probably bigger than when Caleb had originated it. And um, so that that was the first thing thinking, you know, OK, I must be a lesbian or whatever. But then as time goes on, realizing that there's more to it than that. And I don't feel comfortable in this body. And, and, and it's true because, um, you know, Caleb, he was pretty well endowed as racial. <laughs> and so a lot of times would walk, you know, kind of, you know, um, almost hunchback just to, so the breast didn't show that much. So then um, Caleb was in, living in Vegas, going to school at UNLV and um, wanted to start the process which involved before you could even do anything, drugs or surgeries, you ha- I don't know what it's like now, but he had to live for a year as a guy. And he said, it, you know, after the fact, he told me that it, it had affected his studies because he'd get out of school and he couldn't go to the library to do whatever, like research or do the things he needed to do there because he had to get home to get up, whatever it was called that would hold his breasts in so that he would look like a guy. And um, so then he went through that. And after a year, he was able to get on the hormones and um, went to San Francisco for uh, chest surgery. And that's the extent of his surgery that I know of. And he was already, um, you know, college age at that that time. Yeah. Yeah. So now if I see, I don't even know what it would be like to be the parent of a third grader who's saying, no, no, I'm a boy, you know, because, well, sure, we could say maybe that is a stage there a little, or maybe it's not. I, but I think that, um, I don't think I would want to make any changes at that early stage of life. You know, I mean, you can go through it all later on. Um, they want to, um, like for Caleb was a tomboy and dressed like a boy and was never a real, I have a picture in, we were living in Hawaii for a couple of years. And they have on uh, May 1st, it's Lay Day. And they would do, they always had a program and the boys wore Aloha shirts and the girls wore Moomoo's. And um, I got a picture that day. And I mean, my child looked like painful. It was a pained picture, pained expression. Like, oh my God, what am I doing in this dress? And I, so I never made him wear a dress again or her at the time. Right. I do have... Um, uh, one or one or two dances he went to in high school. He did wear a dress, you know. And that was another thing. Okay, speaking of the the genders there, the the tense, or he she. Well, when when all this was going on, I'm thinking, okay, now if I talk about 
oh, back, you know, oh, Caleb was, or was born in Berlin. Do I say he, she, my daughter, my son? And then I had an article in a lesbian magazine about the whole thing, the trans thing. And they had almost, it was like a trans special, um, transgender special. And uh, there was an article on etiquette. And it just said, once a person has trans, you know, has changed and transitioned to the other sex, that's all you refer to, you know, is, so it's Caleb, my son, he went to him and things like that. Right, right. But it, I mean, it did, it, it did take you some time. Oh, God, yes. To do that. And I, I said, slip up. I, said I, I basically said, look, Caleb, be patient. If, if all of a sudden, hey, girl comes out of my mouth, he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, no problem. And then the first girlfriend he had after that, or yeah, I think it was after the transition, you know, she said something to, something to me like, well, you know, like, what's the big deal? This was early on. And I go, well, your boyfriend used to be my little girl. You know, it's true. Or at least I thought it was. Right. And, but she, but the girl that he was dating knew this. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that, well, that was what he told me was hard for him was if he started getting involved with somebody, like at what point do you let them know that you're a transgender? Right. Right. That's so, that's so interesting because I, I can imagine, you know, the fear of rejection that you would go yeah. through when you're first getting into a relationship. Do yeah. you think that, I mean, I have, I have this theory that I think years down the road, if you looked ahead 50 years or whatever, that this, this kind of thing will be just kind of accepted and commonplace and there'll be fluidity like like we're seeing now i mean yeah. did you see yeah. at that time that the girl that that he was seeing was it not that big of a deal do you think the younger generation is moving in that direction i think so i've had friends say like if they mentioned um you know the friends who who know me their kids know me and they'll say to their kids oh um you know and talk tell them about caleb it's like oh yeah okay so i think that the people are more open but they're I don't know if there will always be people that aren't or not because people have really strong feelings about it. And the, then the funny thing is, is usually, you know, um, religion will be brought up and um, you know, religions usually say God is all knowing, all powerful, all present. And the biggie for me, there is all present. That would be me. That would be you. That would be Caleb, you know, all of us. So to take religion and then criticize you know, God's creations is kind of, well, hypocritical, I guess. Very. You know, so, um, yeah, we were talking earlier about uh, the pride parade, which I love. It's so much fun. I mean, um, it's the most colorful parade you could ever see. It's a blast. You know, because it's like we were just talking about people being who they really are and nobody cares, you know, Um and so I really enjoy that. But I marched with PFLAG, the parents and um, friends of lesbians and gays is what PFLAG stands for, even though they have a lot more letters now. Um, and it's just really nice because the people, the spectators, uh, they just, they love PFLAG. I mean, because who knows what their parents are like, whether they were accepting or not accepting, especially if they weren't accepting to see, oh, look at all these parents who are accepting their kids. They're marching. They got you know, posters with pictures of their kids. And um, it's just, it's a, I love it. It's so much fun. It is the, the pride uh, events that they do here in San Diego are, are always a blast. And the, and the yeah. parade is, is so much fun. And 
um, those people are lucky that they have family and, and friends that are so supportive because there's uh, past generations never had that luxury, I would imagine. Oh, I know. I mean, we didn't even really talk about it when I was a kid. Right. And I remember, I mean, I, I, I mentioned Hay House and, and Louise Hay, and I remember seeing a movie that was produced called Doors Opening about Louise's early work during the AIDS crisis. Right. Now, so many of those men were, were thrown out, you know, and they had their backs turned by their, by their family, you know, just totally ostracized and cut out when yeah. they needed them the most. And that was the one, and there's been some criticism I've heard recently about Louise and, and her work. And, and I always say, you know what, I, if you, if you watch that movie and you see the love that she had for those people and telling right. them, look, you know, you need to love yourself. And that was really, I think the most important and valuable thing she did, you know, especially at that time to show love unconditionally to, to those people that were being tossed aside by their families and society, you know, for yeah. the and for AIDS. So I, can't yeah, I mean, imagine. I kind of got off, I kind of got off on a tangent on that, but um, no, but I can't even imagine because um, I uh, was introduced to Louise back in the 1980s. I love her. Yeah. Um, I can't even imagine what kind of personality would, would um, talk about her, you know, criticize her work, which like you said, it was all about love. It was, it's about love. I mean, the, the criticism that I've heard is like, well, she was pushing magical thinking that you just have to think yourself oh. well and that kind of thing. I'm like, I don't think that's exactly what she was saying. It's a little more than that. It's not just, no one's saying you're going to magically cure yourself, but you know, having a positive attitude and thinking that way is certainly going to help. I don't, I don't think it's going to hurt anything, Absolutely. you know? And at that time, you know, during the early eighties with the AIDS crisis, she was one of the few people even touching people, you know, hugging people that had AIDS and showing them love. And that's what I think is more important to me of, of her message, you know, yeah. but right. anyway, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, have you come into like your work with PFLAG or coming across parents do people come to you to ask for advice? Like, have they said, Hey, what, you know, how did you get through these, those times with Caleb? Do they ask you for help? Um, no, I've had uh, requests sometimes for copies of my stories to send to people, the story from um, chicken soup. Um, Cause it kind of, you know, in 1200 words, put this whole story into a real nutshell. Um, had that, but um, we have around the County, there are meetings, P flag meetings and, I don't really, I mean, I've gone to some meetings, but I don't go on a regular basis. And then sometimes I'm like, well, you know, it's not just about me. I, I'm sure I would have something to offer. And so sometimes I've felt like, you know, going just to see if somebody does need help on that, because it, it is, it's a difficult um, situation for a lot of parents. It's, I mean, when I look back, I know, I know, like, I think I cried for three days and then I was, and I started researching and then, you know, time to move on. But, um, but it's not, I don't know how it is for everybody else, but, you know, it's, it's a grieving process. You're losing, you know, the, at least you, you still have your child. So it's not like you're losing your child, but you're losing the daughter you thought you had to become a son who you now love. Right. Right. And I wanted to pick up kind of where this story left off because yeah. in 2009, you wrote this in, you share the story so beautifully and, you know, how Rachel was kind of the tomboy growing up and you were talking about the, the hula day. She didn't want to wear the dress. Yeah. You know, so there was, there were those things that you kind of noticed as a child growing up. So now fast forward, 
you know, Caleb's an adult and you've grieved the loss of Rachel and, and accepted Caleb and, and love him. And there's yeah. some kind of twist and, and turns in the story. Yeah. You know, actually the first book that I read when I was, well, I went online to research, but the first actual book that I read written by a transgender person was um, a uh, male to female, which is more common than female to male like Caleb. And, you know, I don't remember the story at all or even who the author was, but in the end she, okay. So he became a, she, she ended up with a woman and I'm, I'm like, okay, that's hard for people to wrap their head around. It's like, what? Then why did you just stay the sex you were? Well, here's the reason. Gender and sexuality are two different things. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. So um, Caleb, he... uh, was then after he graduated, well, he went to law school in San Francisco. So he left Nevada and went to San Francisco. And um, he had he had a uh, girlfriend, another girlfriend while he was there. And he always has real sweet girlfriends. And um, then they eventually ended up splitting up. And Caleb eventually met Matthew. And uh, he had always had girlfriends, never had then with a guy, I mean, he went to a dance once with a guy in high school, but anyway, so they ended up getting together. So when you think about that, that would make him bisexual. So transgender, bisexual, well, started off. And that's where I say all the letters. When I told my yeah, every letter, I go, Hey, guess what? <laughs> Caleb's with, has a boyfriend. And he goes, well, he's just covered every letter of the, of the, of the community. And I, I said, yeah, you're right. So when, you know, from, um, lesbian to transgender and then through his association with Matt became what well, you could say gay or slash uh, bisexual anyway he and Matt got married it'll be three well oh it's three years this month and he's very happy and they are super happy they're just a wonderful couple and um they left San Francisco right before the um quarantine started and they went to Austin and when they first said they were going to Texas I was thinking well I don't know about that being a good place for gays, but um, they they actually only well they said Austin up and coming, but they they only stayed a couple of years. They just moved last year. They moved um, in the winter to Brooklyn, so I was just there visiting, and I met up with my sister as well. And um, I got to tell you what she said. So so anyway, they um, yeah they're just. A cool couple. And she, my, so my sister just was going on about, you know, wow, they're just really 
um, you know, really got to know him a lot better because she hadn't been around Matt that much at the wedding and stuff like that. And she goes, they're just really neat people. And yesterday she sent me a text and she had read, I, uh, I was there for a few days or whatever. She stayed there for a few weeks. So she also saw the boys or the guys with, with when, uh, after I had left, they went to dinner and they did a couple of other, they went to a few attractions. And so they had sent a thank you card to my sister and, um, just said, you know, it was uh, great seeing you and thanks for, you know, taking us out to a few of you tried. La, la, la. Anyway, my sister has said it on more than one occasion. Every guy should be a woman first. <laughs> Caleb is just a little more, you know, um, I don't know, caring or compassionate, but just things like that. Right. Maybe a little more sensitive, has a little more insight than yeah. probably uh, a lot of men, I'm sure, just from from his experience. And I think it's so interesting what you're saying as far as the gender and sexuality, because of course people, I'm sure they want to know all this, all the sexuality stuff, right? That's what they're, they're curious about, but he fell in love with Matthew for the person that he is right. Really? Yeah, absolutely. He's a great guy. And anything else probably was, was secondary. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's interesting. Like through the whole, the whole arc of the whole experience and now he found happiness in this relationship. Yeah, yeah. They've been really happy. And the, the wedding pictures are great. They, um, you know, they're just like smiling and happy. And I guess most people are on their wedding day, but yeah, you can see it, you know. And as a parent, that's the most that you could hope for, right? Right. I mean, what else could a mom want besides a happy child? Yes. Happy, you know. And so that was great. The, the wedding was fun. They had a drag queen officiating. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds and like a fun wedding. They did. And then they had a few of the um, people that they had invited. They had a show afterwards, drag show. So they're like, oh, well, you perform at the reception. So they did. And um, it, it was funny. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, the guys are, uh, they're just really, they're healthy. They, they work out every day. They're vegan. And not that that necessarily is a healthy diet <laughs> and, um, and they're drug and alcohol free. So this was, you know, like a sober wedding with, um, with vegan tacos and, you know, and we had to be out of there at a certain time. Cause there was another wedding happening. We just like cleared the tables out after everybody ate and everybody's dancing and sober and having fun. It was great. It was one of the best weddings, probably the best wedding I've ever been to. That ever sounds so beautiful. Yeah, it was. And was, all your and all your siblings were there. Your family was yeah, there, and they're all supportive. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, so you said earlier that you're very. Are you still kind of cautious in, in who you tell the the story? Well, not to usually, or? but I. I mean, um, you know, there's a couple of people who I'm. I'm not going to discuss it with. There, there'd be, oh you know, yeah, it's trendy, <laughs> or whatever. And I, I mean, sometimes you might find someone who is like, I don't really understand. Of course, you know, if you can offer a little bit of an education or a perspective, you know, from as a mom, I would. But if it's just, um, you know, if I, if it's somebody who's not going to understand it and doesn't want to, no, nah, I wouldn't bring it up. Right, right. So you're just, you're just careful in that way. Yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily careful, but I mean, you can kind of sense Read, read the room. <laughs> What's that? You read the room, right? Yeah, like yeah. Because the- I have, I have a few ladies, um, that I met recently and um, we get together every week to play pickleball. Anyway, so she uh, one day 
I don't know, for some reason I brought it up and, um, and th- I mean, they didn't think any big deal of it. And I didn't really think any big deal of telling them either. And I don't really even know them that well, but it, it, it felt okay. Right. Right. It just, I guess you have, you have to feel safe and then. Yeah. I mean, if it was somebody who I just knew would be, you know, like the type that did we already talk about that, the megaphones at the pride, <laughs> at the pride parade type thing. Uh, oh, they're going to hell. You know, no, I'm not going to probably talk about it. Right. Right. And, and for, for good reason, <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I wouldn't either. So speaking of um, not, not to say that transgender is trendy, but certainly the topic is, is trending. It's in a lot of people's consciousness right now. I recently saw a monologue. I, I watch uh, Bill Maher, you know, on occasion yeah. on HBO and he did kind of, I, I was kind of surprised at the take, but he was saying, Oh, this is a trendy thing. And I, I had to disagree with that where I don't think, I think maybe it's people are feeling safer to talk about it. So it's more in people's consciousness, but you have to believe that people have felt this way for a long time and maybe never felt safe to talk about it before. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I agree. I think that's true. I mean, maybe it is for some people trendy, like, Oh, gee, maybe today I'll try out being a guy. (laughs) I mean, I, I certainly think that that's possible. There probably are people like that, but I think that, you know, what you said is very relevant because um, like I said, back when I was a kid, we didn't really talk about it that much, you know, like, oh, and, and even the, well, the lingo has changed, but uh, now that it, the information is out there, people are much more comfortable talking about it. You know, Caleb couldn't really talk about it. He didn't even know what he was feeling, but now you can go online and find out I'm not the only person in the world that feels this way. You know, I don't know what my parents are going to think about this, but for example, like the lingo. Okay. So back uh, when I was a kid, people would use the word queer. Okay. Now, you know, we've got, you know, lesbians, gays, this, that, but I watched a special on this whole thing and they had all this whole new vocabulary for people that are straight, people that are gay. I don't even remember all the words. Okay. But, um, but I just thought, what? I don't even, I don't know any of them. And I, and I just didn't have the motivation to learn them. But I, when I talked to Caleb the next time, I was telling him this same thing that I'm just telling you. And I go, do you know all those, that lingo? And he goes, no. <laughs> so even he doesn't keep. Uh, no, and I think he's just at a point where, you know what, I'm just who I am and I'm going to go enjoy my life. And, you know, not that he wouldn't be supportive of people in the community, but, um, but yeah, it's just, yeah. It's interesting. And I think regular people, that's regular people are the, <laughs> no, the, ma- the vast majority of people would probably feel uncomfortable in trying to navigate the terminology. My, my sister is an assistant principal of, of a middle school, and she has some kids coming through that are saying, look, I want you to call me this now. I, you know, I want you to address me as my new name or whatever. And she's like, I, I don't know sometimes how to react or how to feel about that. So I think friends and family or people that they're interacting with are, are in that boat where they're not really sure sometimes of the right. And I think, lingo. I think too, that for, for people who, you know, have not been very accepting of everything, this just makes it even harder for them to accept it to a certain degree. But uh, especially when they, when they, what one person, let's say wants to be referred to as they, because they can associate with both. But the thing is, is in the English language, they means plural. I mean, I don't even know people with multiple personalities that are called they. You right. Know, it's her or whatever. But you know what I mean? Um, that's, that, that's hard for a lot of people to understand. 
And do you think that just, it should be kind of on an individual basis, like whatever Caleb feels comfortable with, he would say, call me this. Like for for the person that is transgender, would they set the tone? Like, would they say what they prefer to be called? Well, I, I mean, I'm not sure what you mean by that because he's now a he where he was a she, but, um, Perhaps that would be more like if somebody is wanting to start transitioning. I mean, Caleb, I don't think at his time he couldn't do this because it wasn't like out there like we were just talking about. But for example, a person wants to transition, but they have to live, like I was telling you, he had to live a year as a guy. So during that year, um, you know, just to say, hey, I'm transitioning and uh, I'm going to be a guy. Can you start calling me by that? But but at this, you know, it's, but he didn't do that. But uh, Cause that wasn't, you know, a, even a thing back then, but at this point it's like, there's, I mean, there's no question. He's a guy. As a matter of fact, um, uh, when people see pictures, you know, even people who think they have good, you know, a uh, gaydar or whatever, but it was like, there was a guy at the pride parade. I go, Oh, <laughs> I had a wedding picture and he had no idea that Caleb has been, had, you know, had right. a well, he's handsome. I mean, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you can't looks tell. like a good-looking guy. You yeah. can't. And so, um, no, he said, "I'm usually pretty good at that." <laughs> he, he goes, "No, I never would have guessed." And and like you said before, he's he's happy and content with his life now. And what do you yeah. what are your hopes going forward? Um, like, oh, what are what are his plans? Is he working as a lawyer now, or what's he doing? Yeah, but just like I was going to say something real quick about you know they had the bathroom issue. Oh, right. Yeah, well, you know, um, some places just, I mean, well, let's not make a big deal out of it. There's a sign here that says men. There's one here that says women. Let's just take them down and then put one up that says um, whatever, all sexes or whatever. Something I like. see that in a lot of restaurants, yeah. at least here in San Diego. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. As long as it's clean, you yeah. know, I don't care <laughs> who's, who's really in and out. And right. I think may, people make too much of a big deal about that. Like there's some kind of, uh, you know, crazy person waiting in, in every bathroom. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which, again, you know, we've got crazy people all over the place. So who knows? But in general, right, it's easy. Just put up a new sign and we don't need a big deal that, you know, keep it simple. Um, as for hopes, uh, yeah, Caleb is a lawyer. He passed the bar in California and he's in New York right now, but he's working um, I don't know for sure exactly what all his job entails. I know he was doing a lot of research for different companies and he was also doing some legal stuff for LGBT. Uh, and um, so he's doing, he works for a nonprofit and um, they're in New York. But when I was visiting, he said, you know, in a couple of years, we probably want to get back to San Francisco. That's where all of our friends are. And they kind of miss the camaraderie of, close friendships that they had there. I mean, they're, they're making new friends, but that's their goal. And um, they both seem to be doing well, you know, in every aspect, um, physically, mentally, spiritually. They're doing, their, great. they're doing their thing. Yeah. And you've got some plans too. What's I that? know you're, and you've got plans too. I know oh, you're working yeah. on a book Yeah. and you're no longer, uh, you, you left, radio like traditional radio like a, like a lot of us did you worked for years in radio right. even going back to Decades. like armed forces radio and i remember you doing before that and even before that yeah <laughs> so, no i started so in the, i started in the mid 70s and i just quit a year well a year ago this month yeah you're, you're doing some new things yeah 
Well, you know, I had so much going on already that it was kind of nice to just be able to say, oh, oh yeah, can you do this um, such and such a day? And it was, I don't have to get off work for it. So uh, yeah, I've done a lot of freelance stuff, different stuff like um, video shoots, uh, my writing. Um, <clears throat> sometimes I do like blog posts for websites and things like that. And whatever comes along, you know, there's they use people, actors, they call them for um, at the universities to pretend to be patients so that when the students are testing, they actually have a real live person. So, for example, last weekend I was at the naturopathic university and they, you know, you're in a gown and they come in and you've got the whole case history memorized. They'll, you know, say, oh, hey, uh, hi. And then you, they say the name that your name that day. And then start asking you about why you came in, put the stethoscope. So they love it. And they're so appreciative and grateful that we do that. So that's another thing I've been doing. And then I teach uh, fitness at the YMCA, which I love. And that's so interesting. So it's almost, I guess you could equate it to like in an art class where they would have the live model. You're kind of the live participant (laughs) for the students. Yeah. When I tell a lot of people that they'll go, Oh, like that Seinfeld episode where Kramer was, it's called standardized patient. Yes. I know. I know the Seinfeld episode you're talking about. He's like, no, I was kidney cancer or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'll have to go back and watch that one again. So just, um, it's kind of interesting because it's a little bit of this, that, and the other that comes along. And um, yeah, so I enjoy that. It, It gives me a lot of variety. And we'll be looking for your new book. Hopefully, oh, yes. That's a uh, body, year. mind. Yeah. Healthy body, mind, and spirit. Um, just kind of tips on how to take care of ourselves in every aspect of our being. And um, so I think healthy, healthy by choice, not by chance. So I will, uh, I'll let you know as that progresses. Yes. Keep me on the loop because that would be perfect to talk about on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Yeah. Yes, where where we're chatting today, but I'm so glad you took some time to talk to me and and share your story about this. Um, Since June is pride month, I just thought it would be cool to have your perspective on what you've experienced. And, you know, you never know who's listening to a podcast. Someone may find this out there in the interwebs of the universe, and maybe it'll help somebody and they'll know that they're not alone. And, and Caleb is living a, a happy, healthy, fulfilling life. And if they have a kid going through this or someone they know that they, they can too, there's hope. Yes. And just be supportive and love them. Yep. Where there's love, there's hope. Yes. So Joe, do you have a website we can send people to? Oh yeah. Uh, Joe, J-O hyphen eager, E-A-G-E-R.com. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for talking okay. to me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.